0: Well, I hope you're as excited as I've been about World Cup downhill coming back to Scotland for the classic venue that is Fort William. And thanks to Maxxis tyres, I've been on site this weekend to bring you as much insight as I can into the sport that we all love. Maxxis has an incredible history in racing and is the name that comes to mind when you think of performance. It's no wonder that they've won more than any other brand in the history of World Cup and EWS racing. No matter where or how you ride, Maxxis has the tyres for you with a wide range of tread patterns, casing and compound options. I'm currently using the Asagai 2.5 Max Grip in the new XO Plus casing up front, paired up with a DHR Double Down Max Tear on the back. And for general riding and enduro racing, they're an awesome combo. Maxis are also going to be giving away some awesome stuff throughout the season. And for this round, there's a chance for you to win some very special Minion 20th Anniversary socks and gloves. All you need to do is to share the episodes in some way on Instagram and make sure that you tag me at Downtime Podcast and at Maxis Bike in a story so we can pick a winner. You can check out the entire range of Maxis tyres over at Maxis.com and find the tyres at your local Maxis dealer. You can also give them a follow on Instagram where they're at Maxxisbike. I'd love it if you can get involved in my Pink Bike Fantasy DH League that I've set up especially for downtime listeners. It's free to join and there'll be some downtime podcast merch and hopefully some kit from Elliot and Nico for the winner at the end of the season. Head over to Pinkbike.com, click on Fantasy DH in the menu bar and create your team. Once you have it, click Join League and you'll find us near the top of that list. There's no password needed, so it's super easy to do and it'd be awesome to see you there. All right, the Fort William World Cup is done and it's time to get chatting with Elliot Jackson and Nico Mullally to get into all the details of this weekend's incredible racing. Okay, Fort William World Cup wrapped up after a pretty incredible weekend of racing. We've had to wait a couple of years to get back here, but it's been good. Uh, and we're joined in person with a view of a lock by <laughs> Elliot Jackson and Nico Mullally. How's it going, guys?
1: Oh, man. This, can I just say that like I just looked at Nico and he gave me the nod. <laughs> and so I, I know we can actually like not like, uh, it's just so nice being in person. Crazy good view. Good vibes. Yeah. It's, yeah I mean, good vibes here. It was bloody rainy and cold.
0: It was
2: rainy and cold, yeah. It was very Scottish. But yeah, Nika, how are you? Good. Yeah, the weather was exactly what I expected it to be in Fort <laughs> William. Um, not a bad thing. Yeah. And stoked you guys came over to my accommodation, so I didn't have to go anywhere. Thank you. We've enjoyed some ice cream and some hospitality, so yeah, all good. For sure.
0: Let's chat a bit about about what went on this weekend, and we'll we'll start with the track. I mean, Nika, you've been here racing... Many, many times now. Um, it's a track that's kind of hard to change because of the nature of what it is. It's like built through a peat bog, the vast majority of it. Um, but they've they've done their best to freshen up a little bit and make some changes. Just give us a bit of a feel for the track in its entirety because it's a it's a beast, right?
2: Yeah, I think I've raced here ten times. I missed two years for injury, um, but yeah, over the years, it's not really changed the route very much. Um, there's a few sections down towards the woods that they have a few options each year they mix it up but for most of it it follows the same route and the track gets beaten up by the weather mainly and then the traffic here at the world cup and they uh do their best to repair it here and there and um yeah this year they raced the bds two weeks ago and then i don't think they had done any work on it since the 2019 world cup from the guys that had raced that race what they said and then um in the past two weeks did their best to repair everything and there was a bunch of gravel taken up on the track. I was, I was actually talking to one of the track builders and it was super interesting. I was like, how do you guys get all that material up there? Cause when you walk on the side of the track, you're like up to your knees in a swamp. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he told me they rent a helicopter and they fly bags of gravel and drop it and they, they get as much as they can. And cause they do like a day rental of the helicopter and just do as much as they can in a day. So, um, yeah, they use road base, which is like gravel and lime. And they said it, it's like holds together the best of anything they use. So, um, yeah, I, I thought the track was honestly kind of smooth the first day at the top. Okay. Maybe just the frameworks chassis is so good. <laughs> Here we go. Buffed out the <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but it was felt pretty smooth cause they had done all that work to the track um, it, it just felt to me like it was kind of narrow because it, it was a it's gravel track. It's pretty wide in a lot of places, but you can only ever use like 12 inches of, of track, like a little more than a tire width on each side. Um, so for the speed you're going, it, it feels pretty narrow to stay on that burned in line. And you couldn't get off of it with all that fresh stuff that they had put down. So, um, yeah, the track. It was cool this year. They went back to a section they haven't used for four or five years. I think it was 2016 was the last year at the cattle gate. You go yeah. left instead of right, which is a pretty yeah. old weathered section, but totally. it was, it was cool to go back there. It was really rough and been pretty neat. Um, and then there wasn't much of a, a woods. Like you were kind of on that uh, road that goes through the wood section more than in the woods. Yeah. But with the weather that we had, it was probably a good choice. And then, um, yeah, the bottom was typical bottom section. So I feel
1: like, uh, that, um, it was a bit, it's looked a bit softer, um, in some of the parts than normal. Like when you come out of the start, you see people kind of hop that little gap and there's a couple like left, right, left, right. And normally that's like, so like concrete hard pack, but this year it seemed like it was a little bit softer. I don't know. Yeah,
2: it was. And I think it was raining like mm. off and on every day. And with the fresh material they put on the track, it it definitely cut in. Like some of those turns actually had legit ruts in them, which yeah, yeah. you never, ever see. Yeah. Interesting. And it was,
0: I went up with Chris Gilmore, and we watched a bit of B practice on the first day. And it, especially in that section that had been kind of freshly put in and, and taped, it was really interesting that there was quite a lot of different lines opening up and people puzzling over different stuff. And then, me and Unico walked the track on Friday night after time training. And once a practice had been down, it had all kind of one lined in again. It was really interesting to see it develop. Like it seems that the A practice seems to be very good at finding that line. And the B practice was a bit more of a puzzle. Is that, is
2: that kind of normal at a world cup? Yeah. And, and not to sound the wrong way, but like the, the A guys are the best guys in the world. (laughs) So if there's a good line, like those guys are going to find, they're not, confused on which line to take. Like they know what they're doing they're going to go to the fastest line and they're all going at a pretty fast pace too. So sometimes you get kind of sucked into Mm -hmm. a line when you're, when you're carrying that pace and um, they practice that happens a lot. Yeah. Yeah,
1: It is actually so true. I feel like you see that on like motocross tracks and stuff like where somebody like you'll have the beginner practice go out or whatever and the lines will be like right around the inside like super inside to super inside and then somebody will come around and like you know go outside to inside to outside and stuff like that and it's the same on like a downhill bike where there's you walk the track and you know a slower rider might pick a line that just like doesn't allow you to to carry that much speed and when you you know have like a you know a laurie or greg or somebody like that come through like you just can't take those lines like you end up like nico said it's like water right like your bike just kind of automatically um drifts to like the kind of the most the
0: easiest line almost yeah, yeah. strange huh a bike set up here like super rough quite a lot of heavy turns i guess there's a lot of force in the bike there and then you've got a little bit of steep stuff and then the big pedal and speed conservation project i guess at the bottom of the track how are you approaching setup
2: i think it's important to have an efficient bike here Um, it's a really long track and you're you're out in the open a lot like you're in a lot of spots where you're tucking and carrying speed and if the bike gets sucked down then you lose time so you need something that's going to carry speed well but also something that's going to absorb bumps well, which is like two kind of opposite things. Um, So I think it's important to just get a a setup before you get here. That's pretty well balanced. Um, You want the bike probably a little stiffer than you normally would run it so that you can, it's a faster track as well. Like Mm -hmm. the average speed's pretty high so that uh, the bike isn't kind of going too deep in the travel and you can, pump and carry speed through those turns and those flat sections and then you just got to stay on top of the bumps in the rougher stuff if you're if you're going slower it's, it's almost harder on this track when you can stay on top of them it seems like you can get in a better rhythm better rhythm and and just uh yeah stay on top of the holes
0: yeah what about tire choice given the conditions this weekend because people say that fort william generally runs better in the wet but What are your thoughts on that, and how you how you select tires based on that?
2: I would agree with that. I mean, it seemed even like in the first day of practice when it was raining on and off, it when it hadn't been raining for an hour or so, it was it felt slipperier than when it was raining. That like gravelly material just is held together more. It's thicker, so you can lay into it, and the bike doesn't slide across it. but yeah, you want a faster rolling tire. Like I went for the DHR2's front and rear. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's almost my go-to most in most conditions. I'm familiar with it, and it's a pretty well-rounded tire. It's a pretty fast rolling. So um, I thought that was a good tire for this track. And yeah, I, I think a lot of guys were on a similar setup.
0: And would you go up a PSI or two based on this place being so rough? Or?
2: Yeah, I think I was up like like one p s I was twenty five thirty yeah, so um more than I'm normally like twenty four twenty nine so yeah
0: and Elliot, I spotted a few riders, or at least I think I spotted a few riders that had gone from a mullet back to a full twenty nine for this race hmm. yeah i that's
1: interesting, I feel like this track, <clears throat> like Nico was saying, um you are trying to carry speed, and so like I think like the bike setup up there like is, is around that, like not falling into holes Yeah, because you're waiting a lot here, right? Like you're not really pumping. You're not really pedaling. You're kind of just like riding over stuff a lot. Uh-huh. And so I think because of that, like if you had some bigger wheels and maybe Nico, you could talk about this, like just not slowing you down. I think that that's like, maybe the key here is like thinking about like not getting slowed down rather than like, how can I build speeds? Like I need average speed. Like I'm trying to, you know, let off the brakes early in a turn and then like try to not touch them at all down this little straight or whatever, and try to be like really still on my bike when I can't pump because you know, it's like just rocky. It's not like rolly or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Nico, was it ever something, you would be tempted to do like if you considered having that option or is it too big a workup with your project to have like a separate rear end maybe for an event like this
2: i did think about it for for this race um uh, this year it wasn't really something that was possible for me to do in time um but i after coming out here and, and racing i was like man it'd be cool to have both and test before i Come and see which setup works the best. Yeah. Because um, I think it was uh, Reese had a full 29 mm-hmm. that he normally didn't ride. And their bike's pretty easy with um, flip chips. They can easily change it. Yeah. And was it the common soul guys? Yeah, yeah, I think so. They, yeah. they raced it as well. And they obviously came out here and tested before the race. Yeah. Um, I'm not convinced that it makes really that huge of a difference, the 29 rear wheel versus 27 with all else equal if you can make them equal. Um, you see guys like, I think snowshoe would almost make more of a difference. And and like someone like Bruni has done awesome at that race with, with his setup. So I'm not sure. I, I, I would say I'm curious, um, and would, would like to look into it more in the future. But I, I can't say that the rear wheel is, is the defining factor between the guys that are but laying down fast times yeah
0: 100 yeah, <laughs> percent. i spoke to the guys from raw and they would put a longer swing arm on they'd increase their wheelbase for this event as well which i guess makes sense like higher speeds stability becoming more important
1: i think too the interesting thing here is like different if it's raining or if it's not raining like if it's not raining you're like really 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 struggling for traction like you most of the time in like years past like the turns are super flat and they're like get really marbly. And so it's like all about who can, you know, like let off the brakes and commit to that, like leaning in and not touching the brakes again. And then to do that, because that speed that you carry out of the turn ends up lasting for like 20 seconds or whatever in like some spots. And so if that's the case, then you're really trying to find traction in the turns. But like this week, uh, because like it was soft and because it had been raining, like I don't think you're really uh, <laughs> you're really thinking about like how do I how do I like get more traction in the turns. You're kind of like thinking about you know how do I carry more speed on the straights or like how do I you know float over some of these holes and things like that. Um, and even at the bottom, I think you know it's I think we saw a lot of time being made up Uh like after after that little the last little kind of wall ride in the woods before the little gap for like from there down I think we saw kind of the biggest changes we've seen like it didn't feel like the race was over until the finish line this year rather than like a lot of the time when you know after you do the Oakley wall ride uh, where Luca crashed um, it's kind of like okay like
0: You know where you're at.
2: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, totally. I think that was big due to the conditions. Like that section after the wall rides with the tree stumps into the berm was so cut up. There was ruts that you had to avoid. And if you got stuck into some of those soft spots, then it really slowed you down. Whereas guys were able to skip over them or choose. a. It doesn't seem like a technical section, but choose a better line. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. It was so fascinating because in the men's um, Tebow and Amory. You they played that little, like, head-to-head thing. And so I want to say, like, after that little gap where I think Dakota crashed, mm-hmm. um, you take a left, and Tebow... Like, Emery lost a little bit of time on that slight uphill. And then he hopped, like, way right, like, off of the rocks and, like, got the speed boost to that little uh, tabletop. And then tebow like was opposite to where he like got really good speed up the little hill lost a little bit of time because he didn't um do that line that amory did and then they kind of like even back out and so like nick was saying there was lines on the
0: most mellow part of the track that you like never see yeah I was questioning that virtual straight thing. I never knew whether I trusted that or not, but I spoke to Chris yeah. Kilmurray and he was showing me all the wires in the ground they use for it. And yeah, totally. So apparently it's pretty accurate.
1: Yeah. So they have, um, Red Bull. So like Chrono race does the timing and now we have what, five sectors, I guess, four sectors. And then Red Bull has 36 splits uh-huh. that they have. So the way that, that, um, <clears throat> little thing at the bottom of the, the heat map works. Um, we're supposed to get a new graphic, okay? you know, uh, hold off on us. (laughs) Um, but the way that that works is each, each one of those kind of blocks is a different sector. So when you watch the live feed, you know, we'll talk about the Shimano pinball section. And so the Shimano pinball section is actually the, would be the number two, On that grid Mm -hmm. and then in inside that Shimano pinball section, there will be, you know, five different split times. And so to make the virtual straight, you say like, okay, this person took two seconds to go from this point to this point and then three seconds to go from these other points. The other point, I know that these two points are, you know, this far like apart. And now I can just say, like, what was the um average speed or like not average speed but like let me let me make this little virtual dude um like progress from this part of the screen to this part of the screen in like two seconds Uh um and then it doesn't really look like it but that's why you see kind of like the virtual straight update at different points because it'll be like fast and then you know the speed changes right it doesn't Uh update like instantly yeah, yeah. right like it updates every like split time kind okay. of thing uh, but yeah it's it's super interesting I, I wish that we did or like Red Bull did um they made this new graphic I'm not exactly sure why it wasn't in this race but um yeah I think like I could do it when I commentate I think I could do a better job like Explaining what that is, because I actually just learned about all of it. <laughs> but there's like so much information there, and it would be nice if it was like up every every person. And like same with that little virtual yeah.
0: thing. Yeah, watch this space. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Before we um, before we move on and talk about the the action, I guess we should just talk about what happened to the union team on Friday night, which was pretty horrific. They, there was a break into site somehow, which I believe is supposed to be a secure site, but some people got into the pits and managed to take all the team bikes, all of the suspension, helmets, kit, like the whole lot, which is ridiculous. So if you see any Santa Cruz's or uh, Olin's suspension going cheap, then (laughs) probably say something about it. But I just thought it was incredible to see the pits kind of rally around them and like everyone bring in product and getting bikes under them. And they got all the riders up on the hill and into qualities, which is so good to see, huh?
2: Yeah, for sure. And with practice starting only... Uh, two hours after they would have noticed that the stuff was stolen to get it going that quick. And with pretty much all sponsored correct stuff too. It yeah. Was, it wasn't it was far pretty, off, was it? Pretty cool. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: And all the riders by one, I think got three qualities as well, which yeah. says something yeah, yeah, to, yeah. Them to be able to like hop on a completely different bike.
1: Yeah. Cause, um, what did, uh, who, somebody, somebody rode lori's by Laurie's practice bike? Yeah. Or Frida something. rode lori's yeah. bike.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Somebody rode Petey's uh, display bike with a beer on it. No way. That would have been cool to ride. Yeah, right. (laughs) Crazy times.
0: All right, let's talk a bit about qualities. Nico, we'll start with you. Take us through kind of your experience because it was a rough old day up there,
2: right? Yeah, it was. the weather was pretty bad when we were up there and delays and stuff. I think in the junior race and women's race there was a bunch of red flags. So up at the top for a long time before the, the race actually started and then... Um, for, the, for the men anyway, and then we were delayed even more. Um, my race didn't go very well. I, I cracked my rim and got a flat tire. I'm not the only one to be in that situation. There, yeah. was, there was a lot of them this weekend, and I think it was down to not having great vision. Like, for, for most of the guys, it was really tough to see out there, no matter what goggles you were using. I had roll-offs and um, was doing my best with them, but you couldn't be as precise on your line, and this track, it goes it rolls almost as fast in the wet as it does in the dry. So we're hitting stuff just as hard, but without being able to see it. So, um, yeah, I was bummed that I cracked the rim. My splits were pretty good. I think I was in the thirties at the first two splits and I flatted just before the second one. So, um, my goal for the day was just to get through smooth and I felt after practice pretty confident in that. Mm -hmm. Um, like Lords, I was, I, I knew I was up against it with it being a short fast track and, Having trouble hanging on with my broken finger, I was I was nervous before that quality because I knew I was kind of right on the cusp. But Fort Fort Bill yesterday, I felt like I had it in the bag to qualify, and I yeah, just yeah. needed to put down a good run. But uh, luck had other <laughs> ideas for me. Yeah, like I so, say,
0: not the only one,
2: right? Yeah. Oh yeah, it was Aaron, uh, Brooke. So so uh, yeah yeah, uh, Blinky. Yeah yeah, a yeah, wow. bunch of guy, bunch of guys that you wouldn't expect missed that were unprotected after round one. And yeah, just a bummer. Like I just wanted to show progress with my project. And I, I felt like I made a bunch of progress, but, um, like I said, there's no column for excuses on the results sheet. (laughs) So we'll be, uh, yeah, all, all we can do is come back to the next one and, uh, be there ready to go.
0: Yeah. And it was windy as well. I heard Dennis Luffman actually got physically blown off the track on his quality run. Did did you know, like, were you aware of that? Did you feel any kind of uh, impact of the wind, either whether it's kind of slowing you down or speeding you up or pushing you about
2: a bit? Yeah. And it was like that in practice too. So like some of the left turns, you had to lean harder than you expected into them because (laughs) you knew it was going to be windy. Um, But I kind of made a note of that when I felt it in practice and, um, the conditions were as bad as they were, ever were during the quality run. So I, I felt that a bit.
1: Who did I talk to? I think it might've been Reese Wilson. <clears throat> they were saying that like coming onto the boardwalk, there was a, uh, like a huge tailwind down that one. So you had like all the speed and then you hit that little wall ride before you, right before you go on the boardwalk before the first rock guarded. And they like hit the wall ride and like, they just stayed leaned over in the air. Like the wind was like trying to blow their tires like sideways and blow them off the boardwalk. They were like, it's crazy. It's, it's actually ironic because most races like the dice roll is the rain. Yeah. And here it's the wind, right? Like it it actually happened in finals. Like we can talk about it then, but like, if you get a tailwind at the top, it's totally different than if you get a headwind or if you get it like a gust or whatever, like if the wind is blowing during your run, say like on a long straight, that's going a certain direction. You're down like a second or two. Um, Yeah. It's kind of interesting.
0: Yeah. And the wind, I mean, it was all over the place for race day, pretty strong at the top from what I hear. Do you think that can play into the results to some extent? Because it's it, there's no way that that wind was consistent for everybody today.
2: Absolutely. I mean, just to Elliot's point, I think the rain you can quantify, mm. but the wind, it's you can't be like, oh, I had 37-mile-an-hour wind <laughs> to, at 2.11 p.m. So yeah, for sure. That's blowing south to southeast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, like they do in athletics, right? They have a, a certain level above which they won't allow the result, right? But mm. we can't, there's no way we can do that.
2: No, I mean, it's a mountain bike race. It's a, <laughs> we're up on a mountain. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's going to happen. But yeah, I guess it's a, it's a roll of the dice kind of thing, isn't it? But
2: Yeah, I mean, and there's nothing that you can do to play it to your favor either. It's just, it's, it's the luck of the draw more than the roll of the dice, I guess. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if that makes
0: the aerodynamic role even more important. I mean, certainly the syndicate were in the wind tunnel on the way to the event you know, doing something, checking, don't know what they were playing about with, but do you think aerodynamics could become even more significant in those sort of circumstances?
2: I mean, I don't know enough about it to say for sure, but I think this track in general is the most aerodynamic, uh, a track that would give you the most aerodynamics because it's out in the open like that. you are not protected by trees yeah. and there's a, a high average speed with a lot of long straightaways. Uh, and it's also the longest track. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and, and you're also not breaking as much. Like most World Cup tracks, I feel like you're breaking. They're, they're just a steep average gradient, mm-hmm. or, or they feel that they are. Whereas this one, you're the brakes are open a lot more than yeah. any other track, which is where for sure the arrow doesn't matter if you're breaking. So yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And you like you can actually like before that rock garden, what you break like once or once like like once or twice like yeah after Lowit crashed or whatever yeah exactly it's like you're breaking there and then like trying to stay off the brakes as much
2: it's as one of the want. only tracks that i actually take my fingers off the brake levers and back on <laughs> yeah several times yeah. where you're yeah, like yeah. just gripping the bar right right right
0: because right. 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 you've got so much time where you don't need to break it's yeah. worth it right? yeah yeah crazy insane let's talk about you mentioned Loic so let's talk about some of the people that didn't make it into the to the race and there was some absence absences from the start concussion seems to be a bit of a topic at the moment which is a good thing to be talking about and, and making some action on And it's been really I guess refreshing to see some riders stepping out of the competition this weekend and taking that sensible choice but a real shame for Tani not to be there, and it seems like she's suffering with. I think she talked about some anxiety issues based off the concussion as well, and having COVID post Lords, which hasn't helped things. So hopefully she recovers and we see her back soon. And then Finale's second place in the overall um, off that result at Lords to, to not be able to back that up, I'm sure is disappointing for him. Um, so yeah, shame not to see to see those two and Miriam as well. Did did you speak to Miriam much? She'd been suffering quite a bit between the events, right? From yeah
1: Lords. It seemed like, so I got to talk to Tani a little bit and, um, yeah, she was just saying that it's like so strange, right? Like where she'll get her heart rate up or whatever. And, um, she'll just like start to feel like anxious and like her vision will get blurred or whatever, which makes it like this weird association with like this bad feeling and the bike, which Uh I mean, getting your heart rate up in general kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like she had to really like take, take like a, a bit of time and just like chill out in like dark room kind of thing. And, um, I think it's hard as an athlete because you want to get back on the bike. You want to do these things. And I think, you feel pressure, right? Like you are getting paid from sponsors, like you have expectations, um, you wanna win championships, like you don't wanna disappoint fans. And typically like when you have a really bad injury, you know you can't ride, Mm -hmm. right? Like your leg is broken or something, right? And you know like, ah, it's gonna be, you know, three months until I can get back on the bike Um, or like six months if I got like a torn ACL or something. Um, but with a head injury, it, it's not, it's, it doesn't feel like that, I think. Um, and I've never had like a really bad head injury, but I think that, I, I think that like the quicker we can kind of move to that mentality where it's like, ah, okay, this is really bad head injury, head injury. Like, yeah, maybe it's three months or something. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, um, and that's like totally fine yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Um but yeah, it's it's a gnarly one. And I know that she talked to Miriam as well and Miriam was kind of saying that too, it's just dealing with the symptoms and then you know, eventually that mellowing out and her getting back on the bike and getting back into it. But yeah, it's it's crazy. Like I'm yeah, lucky that I have never had like, super yeah. bad injury.
0: Yeah, well, hopefully, back on wood? hopefully everyone recovers well, and we see them all back when they're ready and uh, and feeling fit and appropriate to do so. And then we lost Loic uh, fairly early on in the, in the weekend as well. Has anyone seen the crash? I saw a brief clip of it.
2: I saw his, he posted a GoPro clip of it. Yeah. yeah. I actually <laughs> almost went off. It, it's not a place, like of all the places in Fort William that you would expect someone to have a yeah. big crash. It's not that. Uh, Well, I
1: I guarantee you, like, every single rider has almost done that.
2: For sure. You're (laughs) like, like, oh, man, I got really close to the edge there.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you, like, you know, speaking about braking, like, you, at that point in the run, you haven't touched the brakes yet, you know? And so, like, you really want to hit that left-hander as hard as you can because there is this long straight. And so you end up sometimes, like, getting stood up or something like that. And you're like... I'm not going to touch the brakes here or whatever. And you like drift, 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 drift. And you're like, Oh my God, I almost just died or whatever. Like once, once a, a race, like you get close to that outside edge and it's just like unlucky or whatever. One of those things. Yeah.
0: But collarbone breaker. I saw he, he posted earlier that he's going for surgery, I think tomorrow. So hopefully that's a relatively straightforward one. And then Jess blew it, went out in qualifying with a broken collarbone as well, which is a shame. She's just back from the sort of femur injury that took her out a snowshoe last year but apparently in good spirits from I right hear. i spoke to a mechanic and uh, said she was pretty chipper about it given everything so hopefully she'll be back pretty soon let's talk about the racing and we'll start with the junior women's and uh gracie hemstreet yet again showing us what she's capable of um we saw her racing at windrock and she looked pretty impressive there but definitely showing what she's capable of on a world stage it's, she it's looks cool good out. on the bike
2: yeah she, for, she's really in control and and moving at a quick pace through some of those rougher sections i was i was really impressed what i saw
0: yeah it's cool and it puts her in a really good position in the overall and and phoebe gale gave her a good run for her money i think phoebe was here at bds as a lot of riders were and had a like a pretty crazy like 12 13 second advantage from from quality so it looked like a done deal but she had a pretty dirty arm when she got to the bottom so i, I assume she went down at some point but still took second so Good, good battle brewing away there.
1: Yeah, I mean it's pretty crazy. So, like with our, so I wasn't, I wasn't commentating this week, um, but I was still here doing the Red Bull YouTube video. And one of the things that we focused on this week was like the theme, I guess, was fitness, and we uh, did a lot of um, kind of features on the junior women in mm-hmm. particular. So it's, I think downhill is kind of cool because all of the categories compete on the same track, right? Like the elite men and the elite women and the junior men and the junior women like start from the same starting gate and go through the same finish line. Um, And most like a lot of the time, right? Like the juniors have like worse conditions in the morning and stuff like that. Um, So it's a, it's, it's a crazy one for like strength here uh, for the junior women, especially because they're, you know their times are, you know, sometimes like a minute here, like mm-hmm. minute, minute and a half, like longer than like an elite men rider would go through. Uh, but it's crazy how many more junior women there are, and like how much that category has progressed. Like yeah. you see the professionalism. It's kind of like the there was like a little tipping point a couple of years. I guess it's a long time ago now. Like really like Nico, you were kind of at the front of it where like you got on a factory team and like, like all of these teams started getting like junior riders and like now you're seeing that in junior women. Mm -hmm. Um, and the times in the junior women and the elite women are like starting to go down. Right. Like, and it's, I, I wouldn't be surprised if like in the next year or two, like you have to qualify for the junior women class. Whereas at some point we had like five, five women, um, But yeah, it's, it's super cool. Like I got to, I got to interview Gracie. She's a a woman of a few words, Mm -hmm. but that's okay. (laughs) She's super professional. I'm like, it's like, Gracie, you just won. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She seems pretty choked about the whole thing, eh? (laughs) Yeah, it was good. Um, but yeah, like you could, you could tell like how, uh, how much Phoebe wanted it, like you said, like saw her come across the line. She was just so frustrated, um, I think with herself and just knowing that she could have taken the win and, and like same with, um, Jenna Hastings, it was actually her first podium. Um, and then another thing about the juniors this week was just that it was all, this was the first time that they had ridden Fort William. Mm -hmm. Um, because the last time we came here was 2019. So even if it was like your last year, junior still, your first time, at a World Cup, yeah, at Fort William.
0: yeah. So that BDS for Phoebe was definitely worth having, but unfortunately, didn't didn't pay off. But yeah. these things happen. And then junior men's, we had uh, the showdown yet again between Jackson Goldston and Jordan Williams, um, and it was super tight. I mean, Jordan put down an absolute heater in the BDS, and I think would have finished like third or fourth in in elite, which, given the elite field, was pretty damn impressive. Um, Jordan uh, Jackson pipped him in in qualies, but then Jordan uh, took the win by three hundredths, I think, of a wow. second <laughs> yeah. in the final. The rivalry between these two is, is surely just going to drive them on to get better and better. They just want to compare their times with the elites. I mean, I think Jordan's time was pretty much on the money for Laurie's quality time from the day before. Like they're at top elite pace already. Yeah, incredible, huh? And Absolutely. they've got factory teams behind both of them.
2: Yeah, I was really impressed watching Jordan in practice. He was taking some lines, gapping some stuff that I was, I was blown away by. Honestly, like <laughs> I was like, wow, like, that dude on a full four and a half minute run is gapping this stuff. Like it's it's pretty impressive the pace he was carrying. Um, British guys are always good at Fort William because I think they ride it more. Mm-hmm. But um, it's interesting, like the tracks that maybe suit jackson are are opposite for jordan yeah and i think it pushes them both to be better at their weakness to race against each other yeah. so i think yeah like you said it's going to be really good for both of them to just make themselves better riders the competition's going to elevate them and when they go to elite they're going to be i mean they already are but they're going to be really good contenders so i think they should be glad that they have each other like they sure. probably feel a little bit like damn this guy like i have to race against this guy but uh it's gonna make them both really good yeah it's impressive i spoke to jordan after the race and he said he'd uh he tried to
0: pull a tear off at the deer gate and missed it mm. and that was the only sort of time he mm-hmm. felt like he could pull so he did the whole track on without any tear oh, offs and so he said he couldn't see for the second <laughs> half so it's a pretty <laughs> impressive time if he wasn't wasn't able to see where he was going but
1: yeah this is like one of those tracks like I think it's, um, it's, I mean, okay. I was, I'm going to say that it's rare to like not have a mistake. Uh, that is not saying that missing a tear off and not being able to clear your vision. Like that's, that's another level. But, um, I feel like it mentally, you have to like be able to put, put some small mistakes behind you here. You know what I mean? Like maybe on a shorter track, like a I don't know maybe like old leo gang or something like that like when you had a mistake you like mentally are just like no <laughs> like this is so bad but here it's like man like five five minutes or whatever um and uh but yeah like i i totally agree with with what you're saying like it was it's so cool to see the rivalry and i talked to uh jordan after maybe it was after qualifying mm-hmm. and I asked him like what it's, what it's like to compete at Fort William, like at the World Cup and he's, meant, he's like, man, I've been coming here since I was 13 years old. And it's, it's a dream come true. Like, this is what you think about as a British rider, like growing up.
0: It's cool. Yeah. It was really good to see and to see his dad, uh, pretty emotional at the finish as well. Yeah. Was, yeah. Was, was it was
1: so good. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. It's the place to win if you're a British rider for sure. Let's move on and chat about the women's and and Cammie had uh, put down a real strong qualifying performance to kind of back up uh, her win at the first round in Laws and was was looking very strong. But I think Nina Hoffman had this confidence from the get-go. She had this smile on her face when she turned up. She'd had a great time here at the BDS. She spent a lot of time in the UK riding with Steve, Pete over at Revolution Bike Park and other spots, feeling good had the track dialed in, had a huge winning margin here over Valley at at BDS. I think she had taken a huge confidence leap, um, but had a flat pretty high up, I think. Second split in her quali run, so it never really showed and came in maybe without too much pressure, like not last rider down. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was... um, Like, I, I feel like when Nina is like feeling it, she she has these like flashes of brilliance. Like we saw that, I think at Leo gang a couple of years ago. Um And then here as well, like when she's on it, it just feels like she's one of the best in the world. Um But I was interested to see how finals was going to play out because Camille came down and she was confused uh-huh. and she was like, man, like, why am I in first place? That run was terrible. <laughs> you know. Um, but I think qualifying, I don't know, you tell me, Nico, uh, it kind of felt like that maybe for everyone. Like it was not a track or conditions that was ever going to feel good.
2: Yeah, I think especially the kind of middle section in the woods, it got so torn up. There was some sections that nobody was making it through. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think everybody had some issues and and vision was pretty bad too for everyone so not being able to see you just feel like I don't know you're you're just struggling like you you feel like you can always do better when you rode half the race without really being able to see very well so I think a lot of people thought that like man this run wasn't it and really everybody had the same situation so it's the best of that I guess (laughs) yeah but cool to see
0: Nina take that she was buzz in afterwards I, I had a chat with her and we'll stick that little interview in after our, our chat but yeah so good to see oh yeah like
1: I mean yeah like it was <laughs> I have never I've never seen like so many people like so emotional um so you had like you had the like whole syndicate. Team. <laughs> Jackson's like there, like jumping up and down, <laughs> yelling. Nina was like m- way more nervous than her actual run. Right, yeah. like she came down, and I got to interview her, and she was like, "That was a perfect run. Like I, whatever happens, like I can't do anything better than that. Like I, you know." Pushed in the places I could push. I like chilled in the places I needed to chill. I pedaled in the places I could pedal. And yeah, that's like all you can do or whatever. And you rarely hear people say that uh, on on like a downhill run. And so when she was in the hot seat, you start to see her like ticking off riders. And then next thing you know, uh, it's like the last person down and she is just like (laughs) trying to calm herself down you see steve p like over on the side like you know he's yelling you see like you know you know jordan and wilf and marketing santa cruz like they're yelling like her mechanic and she yeah she's just like in tears you know because she not only is it a win, but she was like, yeah, like not only is it a win, but it's like a win at Fort William, which I think is a rider uh, is probably means the most uh-huh. like outside of a world championship. Like, you know, Final Soul is like a rider's track, but here I think is kind of one of the, the coolest ones to win.
0: What is it about that? So you were chatting before we, before we press record, you were saying both you and Tracy Hannah had commented on having FOMO to not be racing this weekend, which you've not really felt at other venues, but it's not, I mean, it's not been the nicest weekend in Fort William, right? It's been a challenging weekend.
1: Yeah, we were, well, it was, it was fascinating because I was like walking up to, um, you know, like the venue or whatever. And like she was coming down after her and Rob just got done ton commentating And she was like, man, like, I don't, I'm crazy. You are going to think I'm crazy, but like, I have FOMO. And I was like, no way. Like (laughs) I have FOMO. And she's like, what's wrong with us? Like it's, (laughs) it's cold. It's rainy. Fort William is so hard. And like all this stuff. And like, she's like, I haven't had, never got FOMO all of last year. And I was like, man, I haven't raced since bloody 2000, I guess, 18. And like, at not one point. Um, was I like, ah, uh, like wish I was out there. <laughs> it, was, it just looks difficult, but for some reason this week, I don't know if it was a crowd. Like, I don't know if it was the track. I don't know. I don't know. But, um, yeah,
0: Fort William something special yeah. no one can quite work out what it is but there's something special about yeah, place. i mean it's I, yeah. I think it's the crowd yeah
2: like when you come down into that finish line you can you can like feel the yeah. vibrations of people yelling at you totally. as you're coming in it's like a, it's such an energy and it's nothing else like it in downhill yeah for we have sure. a lot of venues like lords feels packed because it's small right so there's a lot of people packed into a small space but here Like the amount of people in the grandstand stomping their feet and clapping and yelling, like you can actually feel it when you come in. Yeah, yeah, The earth is moving because they're yelling. Everybody's yelling for you, and I think it must be super cool to be a British rider. Yeah, we were watching at the bottom. Any guy that dropped in with the GB flag, go on, on. (laughs) love. It is crazy. Like I don't remember
1: like who it was, but there was like British rider. Um. Uh, and like they just went wild, like so wild. I think the next rider, uh, I want to say, it was like Dakota or something like that. And like everyone's just silent, <laughs> like it's like not one person. It's like they were up with the split or something like that. And I was like, man, like you know, it's just so cool to see that like country pride and they like see you so much support and man i yeah like you said nico like you must feel like such a superstar you know yeah
0: any mid-pack rider it doesn't matter who they are if they're gb yeah there's a, that
1: there's was a like something that phoebe gale said right. she was like never have i been somewhere where like i'm having my name called okay. like and they'll be like oh phoebe go!' Oh, like and you wouldn't mm. normally get that like as a you know as a junior rider yeah. um you know because a lot of people normally maybe don't even go up until the elites start to go.
0: Yeah. No, it's a special place for sure. And it uh, must be a nice thing to come into when you're absolutely in bits. I was going to ask how you feel like how do you physically feel on that motorway section because you're literally emptying the tank, right? At the end of a 5 minute track.
2: Your legs are just done. <laughs> is is really what it is because the track feels like it's at least the last minute is is a pretty flat average gradient. So you're pumping and pedaling as hard as you can. So you come into it at your max heart rate. You've just been going for three minutes and for three or four minutes, whatever it is. And then you sprint between every one of these jumps and you're like calculating how fast you're going up the lip to know how much to squash it and catch the backside just perfectly. Cause if you get it inch perfect, it makes yeah. a big difference <laughs> Yeah, totally. if you overjump it or case it. And then as soon as you, Pump the transition, you sprint as hard as you can and and do it again. And uh and you just smoke because there's what six of them in a row. And um yeah, by the time you drop in over that last crest, you're like relieved that you don't have to pedal anymore (laughs) and hoping that it was enough.
0: Insane. Let's talk about, I guess, kind of the man of the weekend really. The story was unfolding around Laurie Greenland. Again, someone who turned up here with a big grin on his face, like clearly in a good place. He'd had a great run at BDS point four off Danny. And I think traditionally Laurie doesn't generally go that well at nationals. Like he doesn't, he struggles to perform when he's not on that world stage at the same level. Um, So came in one time training, convincingly won qualifying, had a real swagger about him, just didn't quite pan out on race day, which is a real, real shame. I mean, still an incredible result for him, but no doubt he will have wanted more. Did you have a chance to speak to to Laurie?
1: Yeah, I did. And like, Um, that Laurie's run to me was like, it was one of the like most beautiful runs I've ever seen. Like it, if you want to see like what, like a world-class like downhill run looks like, like that was just crazy. Like he was like so precise, so perfect, like skipping the holes perfectly, like he would lift up over different routes that other people were catching. Like he would be like a couple inches left or right where people were getting kicked and like finding holes. Um, It just was like so perfect. And um, he was, he was up and I think he, I can't remember what happened. Um, He told me, I don't know if he like came unclipped, but I, I think it might've been, I think you could see the mistake on the, on the live feed. Maybe it was like right before that drop. Uh, but I think Amory had such a good bottom that Laurie needed to keep that cushion, uh-huh. um, and he was like, you know, that one point two up or whatever it was, and made that mistake, and I think lost that time, and just you know maybe was even or slightly behind Amory at the bottom. Um, but yeah, other than other than that mistake,
2: I think it was just like such a good run. He yeah. looked so confident on the bike; like he yeah. looked like. He was doing exactly what he was supposed to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And honestly, like I I was teammates with Laurie for his first year. And so I I know him and I talked to him at the races and this isn't really a great track for him. Like he won Vow to soul and he'll tell you that's his favorite track. And it's completely the opposite of this track. He's, he's a pretty small guy. Like not that he's not strong, but he's light. So a light guy on a flat track is, it's always a tough challenge. And I think, Amari and Tebow are bigger and stronger than him, so they're always going to be faster on a flatter section. So honestly, I think he had an awesome weekend to like put this performance in on what I would think a few years ago he would have said is the worst track of the season right. for him. Yeah. So I think he should be happy to make that turn around and carry that momentum to the tracks that do suit him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like a. I feel like he. With this one, he's kind of like entered that, um, that group of riders where they don't have like a track anymore. It feels like, you know, yeah. like, you know, you'd be like, oh yeah, like Greg is really good here or like, you know, Danny or Lori's like really good about a soul or something like that. But then like, they're still getting podiums every race anyway. <laughs> uh, but it was like speaking about Lori and Nina and like, you know, and Jackson, like we were talking and they were point nine point nine off of getting like a syndicate sweep on oh, the weekend like you know if you add up all the the deficits that's so uh-huh. like dang that's pretty that's pretty wild
0: but the vibe in that syndicate team this year it seems incredible like i saw uh lori came over to watch jackson when jackson was racing i think they all went to see nina when she was coming down like G- they genuinely seem to want each other to do well. Like all the mechanics seem happy. They'll get on. They'll live in Morzine together, pretty much. Like that. That vibe just seems like it's going to really help the performance. It's an important thing for them, right?
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, team com- camaraderie like that. It um it definitely is contagious, and mm-hmm. it's just a good energy to have within the team. They push each other, and they probably help. Like they, I'm sure they share a little bit of information. And you see your teammate do well like that, and you're happy for him, and it makes you up for the for your run with a little bit of fire. So Definitely, It's
0: cool. And we shouldn't forget, Mister Minar looked ominous again from a pretty solid qualifying run. I, I believe he was up on the hill on his own. Well, not on his own, just him and Steve Pete on Saturday night in the pouring rain, looking for time on the hill. That's how seriously this guy is still taking it, still wanting that win. And not far off, to be fair. Like seventh place. There's a stat, I think. He's never been outside the top eight here since 2002 or something <laughs> incredible. And, uh, yeah, slotted at home in seventh today. So there's life in the old boy yet, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah. He seemed like he he was just happy um, this whole week, just smiling. And, um, you know, I we mentioned it on the, uh, I think, the live feed last time. But he... He's really bad at first races. Like he's like never gets in the top ten, and then I don't know. Maybe he's like, oh yeah, right, let's bloody uh, get it going, I guess. And <laughs> and then he's always back for the second race, um, which is usually Fort Williams. So uh, it seems to like set him up really good. I think in his run, um, he said he had like just a couple little mistakes and something like was kind of. Something, like, was bugging him with his
2: jersey or something okay. like that. a prima donna, but... Um. <laughs> In his race run? Yeah. His number, his number, back playing. number was, like, flopping around? Yeah. You yeah.
1: yeah. could see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think he, yeah, he was saying, like, just, like, lost some concentration, like, obviously. Um, well, he's old and forgetful.
0: Yeah. yeah. Probably <laughs> forgot where he was. <laughs> Let's, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about some younger riders then. <laughs> Te- de Deprella um, on the comeback to second place, only point four six off of the win. And um, you talked a little bit about that before we we, we pressed record, and I was really kind of surprised. Just give us a bit of insight there.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah like I um, I went up to him to to talk to him like right before the little flower ceremony that they do. And I like asked him his, my first question. And then I like noticed he had tears in his eyes and I was like, wait, like people like, wh- why did this mean so much to you? And he said, um, you know, this is my first time like finishing a world cup since Linzaheid last, last year. And, um, just, you know, being unsure of like, can I come back? Can I still do it? Like, you know, the, the work that needs to get put into it. Like, do I still have it? I felt slow and like all of this stuff. And he, he said he went to Amory and like, was like, Hey, I like, I actually need your help this week. Um, and the way he said it made it, it was like a friend, like asking like, Hey, I, I need you. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know they have this like really amazing relationship actually. So he, he said, you know, I knew Amory was the fastest man down the hill this week. And so I just kind of tried to hang on to him. And when he first came down, he's like, yeah, like, I don't, I don't think that was enough for a podium. And then he ends up getting, you know, second. So, you know, Amory was saying too, I was like, you know, Tebow said you really helped him this week. And he, he said, yeah, because we're, we're teammates. We, we help each other. Like that's what we do. And, And I think that that is, it's super cool. Like, we, we saw that last year when they were kind of, um, or maybe it was two years ago when they were like one and two, like mm-hmm. all the time. Uh, and it's it's good to see that still happening, even though they're battling for lead and, and stuff like that. Like that was, I think the really special to me.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome to see. What I thought was really cool about that was that, yeah, he hasn't finished a race. I guess it was the two snowshoes and Lords that, and, and was it Worlds he had an issue? That was before Lenzer Heide. He did I, have an I'm issue sure. at, at he did, little, yeah, Worlds Yeah, he did too. fall, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but he didn't like cruise down for a top 20 to like get one in the bag. Like the dude went for the win at every race <laughs> yeah. that he did <laughs> yeah. and it didn't work out. So the next time he just... Went for the win again. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: true. Sure. That's, that's freaking cool. He, he's, like, like, so gnarly. I feel like he's got to be the gnarliest dude. Yeah. Like, I,
2: yeah. that That's why, they, like, when we were walking the hill, I said, like, the two guys I would be the most afraid of are Amari and Tebow. Yeah. Because they are faster than everyone else. And the only thing you can do is hope that they have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and they yeah. didn't. Yeah, and and yeah. they
1: go for it every time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know it's you know it's super interesting. Is like I feel like I we got to see his mindset. Him, it was, it was like him working on his mindset last year was like him working on his golf swing um, because he was on fire right and then he went to worlds like at uh, Maribor I was like you know what's going on for worlds and he was like oh I'm just gonna turn it up even more I was like you just got second place like what do you mean and he was like yeah there's more I'm young like what do you mean and so then he got to worlds he said he got nervous and he was like I thought too much I used my brain way too much I'm not gonna do that anymore so like that's why I crashed and then he crashed at
2: Linzehyde I think he he, got through smooth podium, right?
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then he crashed at both snowshoes. And so like talking to him after the second snowshoe, he was like, yeah, I have, I have some work to do. Like, I guess maybe I should have been a little bit smarter. Like I could have won the overall with like a top 20. So like, come on. Um, But it's fascinating, right? Because like you said, at each step of the way, like he's still going for it, and then he comes back, right? Like, and still goes for it. Like he did that in Lord, and like had a crash. And so, I think most people would say I need to change my approach, but to me, downhill is so much about like controlling the variance and mentally. And you have you have a flat, you have uh, a crash, you have a bad race, you get unlucky with the wind. And you need to keep doing the same thing because that stuff is all out of your control. And so if, like, the riders that are mentally strong enough to keep continuing to, like, put in those good runs and those good efforts and 100%, I think, are
0: have, like, the best mental attitude. Yeah, and we've got, I mean, you mentioned Amory is a danger man, but we are now got Amory with two straight wins under his belt that's only going to make him more dangerous for the rest of the season. Right.
2: Yeah. And I, I expected it honestly, (laughs) like the way that he was riding in the beginning of the season. And then this is the third in a row, right. That he's won at Fort bill. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. But I mean, he's been fast on this track in the past and I, I kind of saw this momentum coming and I, like, I'm, I'm just not surprised that he won. And, um, I don't know. I I think he's going to be his biggest challenge the rest of the season. It'll be tough for someone to beat him. Tebow looks like he's got the pace. Yeah. The way Laurie was riding this weekend, he on on a track that suits him. I think he could do. Yeah. But really Amari's the fastest guy. And also he he's able to control that speed. Like Mm. when he gets out of shape, like he had a big moment in, Lord, Mm -hmm. and he still brought it back under control where a lot of guys that would throw them off they might um crash or slow down after that yeah where he's like good enough to ride that fast and when something goes wrong he he can see it coming quick enough to save it and and continue on so he's he i don't know he's (laughs) (laughs) he's dangerous yeah
0: he definitely is. Let's talk about a rider that I think everyone would have expected to see a little bit more of this weekend, but has remained fairly kind of quiet. And that's Reese Wilson. Have you, have you seen him much this weekend? Have a chat?
1: I didn't get to talk to him much at all. I talked to him at the beginning of the week and we like talked a little bit about fitness, but like I didn't actually get to talk to him about the track uh-huh. and, or I, how his runs went or yeah. anything.
0: I'd seen him post on social that he'd not been overly happy with his way he was riding the last mm-hmm. few weeks and that he was kind of struggling. But yeah, not not the Reese Wilson kind of performance we'd expect to see at Fort William. He's gone well here in the past. He's he's become one of those guys that you could happily expect to see on the podium at, at any race, especially here. It's a shame not to see him firing. Something's seems like it's maybe not quite quite going the right way there.
2: Yeah, I didn't talk to him, so I can't say. But yeah. it, it could very well just be an off yeah off weekend. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back out at the next one and gets on the podium. Yeah.
0: So. I know there's a few people kind of nursing colds and bits and pieces and it doesn't take being under the weather by very much here to struggle, I think, right? Cause it's a, it's a track where you need a lot of fitness and power. It's also quite brutal conditions. So if you're not feeling tip top, then yeah, uh, and you can also struggle. just have
2: had two mistakes or yeah. Yeah, yeah. whatever the situation.
0: Yeah. We were talking about the, um,
1: the wind and I would, I haven't been able to look at the splits, but I, I feel like it would <laughs> nerdy here. It would be interesting to like graph the first split, like mm-hmm. with the start positions, because it felt like maybe like around, I don't know, like 15 or so, like there was this huge gust. Like I remember like Danny went down, and again, like I. He could have made a mistake up at the top, but it was like, no one was beating the first split Mm -hmm. or like even close. And like Danny is always like first split machine here. And he was like two seconds off and then brought back time. Um, or like was even at Mm -hmm. least. So yeah, it would have been interesting. It would be interesting to look at that first split and like kind of see how
2: that was. It'd be interesting yeah. if we knew a guy who could do like yeah. split analysis. Oh, sure. Yeah, or had like right. a website or yeah. something that yeah.
0: could do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> should get on that. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's we should start wrapping up. Let's do a few quick mentions. Benoit, coulonge. Yet again, delivers kind of keeps it chill. <laughs> he fork looks plays. so strong on the bottom. He
2: looks so right. strong when he was pedaling that bottom section. Yeah,
0: I love the uh,
1: how he was like letting go of the bars, like grabbing the fork legs. I I love that. It's yeah. super
2: cool. It's a real French move.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that I, I did very quickly checking on the overall standings. So I think Amory's got a fair lead, but I think Laurie and Benoit are tied in second. So yeah, those guys that, in a good position.
1: I just love that Benoit is like a top five guy now it just makes me happy every weekend too
0: <laughs> yeah, solid, huh? yeah solid performer matt walker back on the podium in fifth so that's good good for him and kind of regaining some momentum getting back towards where i'm sure he'd want to be um someone we should shout out is luke mayer smith in ninth place i think uh that's a pretty outstanding result for he looked for him.
2: really good all weekend too yeah he looked solid on this track. Yeah. yeah.
0: So we'll, uh, hopefully we'll see more more from him. And another rider that unfortunately didn't take the time all the way to the bottom of the track today, but was, I think, at least until the very end, I'm not sure where he ended up finishing, but for a long time was leading the Mercedes-Benz key section, and that was Ethan Crake, the young yeah. rider on, uh, on GT, who had yeah. a, a real standout qualifier in 14th, I think. Totally. Um, so, yeah, there's some talent bubbling away there as well.
1: There's some... Uh bloody old talent as well with um cathro i don't know where he finished up but he was top 30
2: yeah he was 24 or something i know impressive
1: yeah totally like i i saw him after qualifying maybe and he was like yeah i was like how'd you do and he, he i think he qualified like top 30 or something and i was like are you like what's going
0: on he's like yeah you know <laughs> and he's and he's managing a team yeah, and right. doing all the videos totally, so totally. it's pretty busy over the weekend yeah not, not bad effort is it yeah. i was
2: in the gondola with him one run and somebody said oh the youtubers <laughs> in the gondola and i think he liked it and i definitely didn't like it
1: <laughs> he's like wait yeah <laughs>
0: He seemed bloody. to be like one of the loudest cheers on the hill as well. Yeah, like not man. only is he Scottish, but I think people love the coverage that he brings. So totally. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool to see. Um, before we wrap up, we should talk Lit Kit.
1: You know, I...
2: How about Reese Wilson with the full Scottish I, biking I did, kit?
1: I did like that. I liked... I was trying to think because like, I mean... Like the um like the only one that was I felt like was like super super interesting was um saw like Mukkoff mm-hmm. kit. But it wasn't new. So like um I'll agree with you there, Nico. I thought it was it
2: was I think fitting it was super cool. Yeah. I like when there's like a more depth to yeah. it than just a flashy kit. Yeah. And yeah, it was classy.
0: It was good. And I think Kate Edwards gets the motorway Steve's <laughs> award. Yeah.
2: Man, that was the, that was the loudest
0: cheers like yeah, out of anyone. Yeah, yeah. At the
2: bottom, people were like talking about it the whole rest of the yeah. time. Like their friend would come like, "Dude, no, did you see Katie yeah. crash at the top and did freestyle yeah, show?
1: I know. I know. I mean, like what, why do people love tricks so much? What is,
2: I don't think they can appreciate how gnarly the speed is Man. through the video, but they can see the trick.
1: Yeah. Like, so it was uh, one of the questions I asked um, was how do you explain to your friend at home, like your friends at home who don't ride, like why downhill is hard? Like why is that hard? If you're just like riding down the hill, um, you just like sit down if you get tired or whatever. And every single person was like, I know. And so some people were like, okay, we'll you do like, you know, X number of burpees or like somebody else was like, oh, just do a, like, do a wall sit for five minutes. Like run as fast as you can, do a bunch of pushups and then do a wall sit while people are like trying to push you side to side (laughs) or whatever. Uh, But I, I don't know, like maybe for everyone listening, like, you guys should comment. Like, how do you explain why downhill is hard
0: to your friends? Let's do, it. Like, <laughs> Let's do it. on the Instagram post for the episode. Yeah, I'd be interested to know that. Yeah, because a lot, yeah, I've seen a lot. But they're like, well, that's not hard. Is yeah, it? yeah. But, yeah, but like, gravity's helping you out. You're just rolling down a hill.
1: Totally. But it's like you know, like you were saying, Nico. Like you can't appreciate when somebody does like you know a no hander. It's like I can't. I, I mean, I can't personally take my hands off the bar.
2: Like. <laughs> but they could probably all ride down the rest of the hill as fast as us. <laughs> <Yeah. was. laughs> That's the one. All right.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to do it in person this time around. Um, it will be remote for Lear gang, but then I'll be back out into Europe for some more racing. So, totally world traveling, dude. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy your uh, next couple of weeks and uh, look forward to catching up after Lear gang.
2: Thanks. All good. Cheers.
0: All right, as a little special extra for you, we've got some winners' interviews with Gracie Hemstreet, Jordan Williams, and Nina Hoffman. Unfortunately, Amory Piron had gone AWOL, so I couldn't track him down and get him on. I will uh, try and do better next time. Here we go. All right, Gracie Hemstreet, has it settled in yet?
3: Sort of. <laughs> I don't know. I'm stoked. But it's just, yeah, I don't know. Not really, actually. <laughs>
0: yeah. It must be a strange feeling, eh? Yeah, very. And you've spent the last, what, one hour in uh, drugs testing? Yep. <laughs> bit of an anti Yeah. I
3: had to wait a bit, but it's okay.
0: Oh, good. <laughs> so, how's your week been? Like, have you found it straightforward this week, or how's it been?
3: Um, the first day, it was, like, nice and sunny. And, uh, yeah, I was loving the track. And then it rained, and I was like, okay, changing lines. But, um, yeah, overall. Now, yeah, ended up good. <laughs> yeah,
0: and is this is your first year here?
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: And so you've not had any, you weren't at the British National, were you? No. So you've not had some advance notice, you've no. not had a chance to learn the track. No. How'd no. you go about it, five minute track? It's a lot of work to learn that, huh?
3: So, oh my gosh, I, yeah, at the top, I didn't really memorize much. I just kinda went for it. So. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it ended up, ended up good, so. Yeah, so good.
0: what does that do to the overall? I've not seen the points yet, but that must be pretty good, huh?
3: yeah yeah I, I don't even know yet okay <laughs> but,
0: yeah puts you in a strong position for the rest of the season
3: yeah hopefully <laughs>
0: good we'll stuff see. all right well i hope you uh get the chance to enjoy it tonight
3: yeah thanks and uh
0: good luck for the rest of the season yeah thank you all right cheers yeah all right jordan williams yeah. fresh off victory in fort william your home race how are you feeling
4: oh uh, honestly it's a dream come true yeah i i literally have no words it's just just <laughs> i'm so stoked
0: Good on you, man. How uh, important was the BDS to you? You were up here and you put in that incredible mm. time that I think turned a lot of people's heads mm. that weekend. Like, how big a deal was that to get ready?
4: I think a lot um, for my confidence and to like prove a point to the other riders and show like this is my track. We're in my country. Like. <laughs> You're not beating me here so yeah i think it was a big confidence boost
0: yeah for sure and you've got fierce competition in the juniors yeah. this year especially with jackson yeah kind of hot at it like how does that feel to have that rivalry in your career at this point um obviously as as a rider myself it's
4: not nice because you just want to win easily but i think for long term it will put me in a good place because as we've shown with our times, we're like right up there with the elites, so yeah. I think moving into elite, it won't be as much of a step and it'll really help, so.
0: Sure, yeah, how, how big a deal for you is that placement in elites? Is that the first thing you're kind of looking at um, when you finish, or?
4: No, I want to win juniors, yeah. that's the main goal, and then yeah. it's always nice to have a look in elites and see where you end up.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, and the times yesterday yeah. would have put both of you guys pretty high up in the elite field, like fourth yeah. and sixth from quality times, and then Today yeah. you were pretty much on Laurie's pace, fair enough, from yesterday?
4: I, I think it would have beaten Laurie's qualifier, so maybe just off, but yeah. it would have definitely been second in the league.
0: So how do you find that time between qualies yesterday and race today? Um, well yesterday I
4: I didn't really push a lot and I saved my legs on the motorway and didn't right. pedal much and then today I gave it full beans. Yeah. And uh, I didn't have a great run, I made a few mistakes, but it was good enough and I had a good bottom bit, so it was good, yeah.
0: Nice, and you were getting pretty creative on some of the lines, right? I was up with Nico on Friday evening, walking the track through time training, and he was pretty impressed with with one of the lines we saw you take. I don't think any other elite rider we saw was on, like. Yeah,
4: I I like getting creative with the lines. It's something I really enjoy when nobody else is doing that line. Yeah. Um, I think I sort of, Take it off a few other riders that I've seen before and uh-huh. hook up to, so I think I've just learned it from them. And I like coming up with my own lines,
0: yeah. And do you know what this does to overall points yet? Have you seen those?
4: Um, I, I think I'll be second, okay, because Jackson won in Lords and I yeah. was third, okay. So I expect I'll be second now, but maybe I don't know.
0: How do you feel coming into the rest of the season then? Because the momentum starts going now, right? Yeah. And you've taken. Like, Lords is almost forgotten, but this yeah. big bulk of the season, you've got the momentum behind you, you've got that win. like
4: Yeah, definitely. I've learned a lot over the last few races, so, uh-huh. and the BDS and this race, I feel like I've put all my mistakes into practice and it's paid off. So, yeah, just ride the wave for the next year.
0: Nice, yeah, I spoke to your dad yesterday and he had yeah. a good phrase, we win or we learn.
4: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Good stuff, and you've got a good crew behind you, right? This lot are supportive, they're really good at bringing on young talent. Yeah, and...
4: yeah it's really good, obviously we've got Will, We've got Nathan, my mechanic, Harry, and then all the other people on the team that are great, and then Matt is just like amazing to learn off. Obviously, he's a World Cup champion, so yeah, it's it's so good.
0: Yeah, and following in his footsteps, right? He took a junior win here yeah. a few years back and uh, has shown what he can do in the elite field, so you must, yeah, feel, definitely. must it's, feel like you're in a good place right now.
4: Yeah, and it's cool to having a rider like Matt to sort of bounce ideas off each other with lines so yeah. if i do something like i race this morning so and i can tell him like the lines that are good and whatever yeah. so it's i think we help each other which is nice
0: good stuff man well stoked for you yeah. awesome to see you taking that result thank hope you I hope that momentum continues and we have a good season eh? cheers thank you sweet cheers mate thank you all right <laughs> nina hoffman second elite women's world cup win
3: yeah
0: fort william yeah, in pretty cool. challenging conditions
3: yeah, yeah, but well, I, I didn't think about, thought about the conditions. Yeah. Like it was just, if it rains, I go. If it's not raining, I go. If it's windy, I go. I mean, you know.
0: <laughs> it feels like you came into this week with a huge barrel of confidence like that. Mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. Your time at the BDS was clearly well spent.
3: It, exactly. That, that was the key. I think coming earlier here, doing some runs on the track before getting the bike set up, and uh, yeah, I, I just have, I have massive confidence at the moment. Nice. And, uh, This this lets you go faster. Yeah. And if the bike feels good, you feel good. This improves your confidence even more. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And the qualifying run you had a flat, didn't you? Exactly. Fairly high up.
3: Yeah, like just before the second split. Okay. And I was still up in the third split. Wow. While air was going down in the rear. So I knew yesterday evening I can go for the win. Yeah. But I never said it. Like (laughs) we never talked about it. I just looked on the splits and was like, okay. Let's see. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Do you think it helps
0: to have a result like that in qualifying where um, maybe the other women don't quite see where you are?
3: It definitely helped me because after Lords I felt like I'm off the pace because uh-huh. I got seventh with like 13 seconds behind. And I felt like fuck, what have you done? <laughs> um, but it's totally a confident thing because I was not confident at all in Lord. And then bringing such a qualifying rundown, even though I got a flat, but seeing the splits just helped me a lot and I think it even helped me that I got this flat tire so I was not the last woman down the hill you know it took quite a lot of pressure for me because not everybody saw that I got it flat they just saw the result um yeah but I knew I got it in the tank. <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: And you know you've got that kind of momentum now. Like we've had a long gap since Laws, but now yeah. the season really gets going. Yeah. So do you think that confidence at this point yeah. in time is a good thing to help you?
3: Ex- yeah, it, it definitely helps. And I, I can definitely, I try to keep this momentum to the next race. I mean, every race is another story. Oh, I can always things that can happen and that can push you back. Um, so you never know. but just having these memories now from this race, from this weekend with the whole team and the whole setup just is so good and I think I can all the time I can just get back on them, you know, get yeah. this, those memories out and then uh, there's a, there's another low I just think on this high and then yeah, yeah. get get back up. And the vibes so. in the
0: syndicate feel Amazing. incredible this year. How is it being on a big team wow, like not wow. on your own?
3: It's crazy because actually I thought I got quite a good own small team, yeah. But then you're getting on a proper team, on the syndicate, and then you know what was missing the last two <laughs> <few> years. <sighs> uh, really, like it's so professional. I, I actually only have to focus on riding now. Like I got a pretty good mechanic. Lines got on track with Steve Pete, Uh Like physio on the races every time. Yeah. A cook who's doing the food. I don't have to care for, for anything, you know. <laughs> um, and this takes a lot of pressure from you. Makes everything more enjoyable yeah like the last two years i enjoyed racing but it was kind of stressful because i had to think about everything and to organize everything um, and now i can just come here enjoy enjoy the, re- the weekend with the boys and
0: <laughs> brilliant <laughs> go and right in it, the- and it works right
3: it works yeah. at the moment. <laughs>
0: Great. Oh, it's awesome to see. I'm, uh, I'm absolutely stoked for you. Thank and you. And looking forward to seeing you carry that momentum into the rest of the season.
3: I, I hope I can. Let's for see sure. Let's nice see one. You. We'll
0: see you in a couple of weeks. Thank you. Awesome. See you. Thanks, Nina. All right. That's it for this episode with Elliot and Nico. I really hope you've enjoyed it and enjoy watching the racing too. do Don't forget to head over to Pink Bike, put in your fantasy league team and join the Downtime Podcast League to be part of the competition over the season. We'll keep an update of how the league is going on the podcast. A massive thanks to Maxxis for supporting this season. Maxxis have incredible tyres for you, no matter how or where you ride. So head over to Maxxis.com or visit your local Maxxis dealer and check them out. I've been running the DHR Max Terra in the back and the Asagai Max grip with a new Exo Plus casing up front, and I am loving the grip that they offer. Here's a few other links that might be useful to you downtimepodcast.com forward slash subscribe so you don't miss an episode forward slash shop to support the show by getting yourself some merch and forward slash ep if you'd like a copy of the first issue of our lovely print project downtime ep as always spread the word and make sure as many people as possible are listening that's it for now until next time get out and ride